0: So all
1: units proceed to your post assignments. All units proceed to your post assignments.
2: Taking the hit. You've got to be pretty suicidal to pilot a spider anyways. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the only show that allows you a combat patch. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. I need a Kuma proxy bloodbath barons (laughs) tonight great show tonight we've got andrew push my button to talk middle crawl
1: good evening guys see i remember to push it right off the top but it's you see what's happening this is gonna be awesome
2: and luke meeting in 15 open boxes charles gideon dirks hey
3: everybody happy new year
2: hey happy new year and Thomas uh, chipping in Silent Sea River Kruger.
4: Hey, hey, how's everybody going?
5: Pretty good.
2: And Aaron Private, the coach crawl.
6: I got knocked down to Private already? <laughs>
2: you said that it. That sounds
5: about right. That sounds about right. Whatever
2: the colonel says I happens, wait. right? I, I guess. <laughs> and all the way, special guest from Des Moines. Frank, I came loaded with bears. Turner, how you doing? Good evening,
7: everybody. Thanks for having me.
2: Welcome to the show. Tonight's safe word, ladies and gentlemen, is unity. Especially for Andrew, since he has to push to talk.
1: So we should probably say
2: who and
1: why our special guest is with us.
2: Agreed. We had a recent event of Minneapolis, isn't that correct, Andrew?
1: That is correct. We had
2: the second
1: annual Kroll Sisters a Go Go um, marked our 1 year anniversary of running officially running 350 events for WNRP. And uh, we had a larger turnout this year. Uh we 18? were at we had 18 playing up from uh, 10 the first time around. Um we were at uh game center here in Minneapolis. Uh was not in the garage this time, it was um out in public, which was um awesome. And
2: my favorite thank- part of that whole day was in the morning, the mad dash to go grab tables.
1: <laughs> Man, I was so worried we were gonna have enough tables to play. So at game center it was kind of a free-for-all, and, and I had called and recalled and double-checked to make sure that we had tables reserved. Months and and we get in, Months, weeks. I called that Tuesday before we ran just to make sure everything was good. And uh, we get in, we, we show up. Of course, we got lost trying to find breakfast. We drove all over Tarnation trying to find breakfast. And uh, once we got to the store and we were woofing breakfast down, we get there and there's a bunch of game nerds lined up waiting for the door to open and i was like oh god this is going to be bad because all of them were carrying um twilight imperium boxes and i don't know if anybody knows about twilight imperium but that's a big game and it takes a long time to play so the door opened that's an all-day deal and the door opened and there was like 12 people who ran in the door and i was like we're screwed (laughs) We got in, and not only were we screwed that way, but the little, the little there was one person behind the desk. And for whatever reason, she couldn't get to the back end of the software to show who had reserved tables. So our names were not on the table whatsoever. And I, we, we had enough people. I just said, stand by a table. Just everyone grab a freaking table, and if we can par down, we'll par down. And we grabbed nine tables. We, we were able to make it all work. Um, we had a, what were those guys playing in the middle of us? Was that a 40K Warhammer, game? Warhammer. They were playing yeah. a Warhammer game. We had one one double table that was kind of in the middle of us. But Although it was kind were, of interesting because shirt. there were two people wearing Battletech shirts from the Kickstarter that were playing at that table. So I know that they were paying attention to what we were doing. <laughs> um, we had uh, a little bit of trouble getting the, the stream working um coach i think lost lost some blonde hairs that morning trying a little oh, frustrated but technology
2: he pulled his beautiful hey, brand new mustache all the way out
1: oh it was all three <laughs> hairs it was terrible it, it was a it was a sight to see it but only took him
4: months to grow that
1: i know it was a lot of work for lawson about five minutes it was terrible yeah, it was terrible well, so bad
6: you know instead of preparing before the night you know, we just decided to get filthy drunk. <laughs> you got I, filthy drunk. Probably should that, have. You
2: got filthy drunk. <laughs> I could have been probably, a lot filthier.
6: Probably should have. Uh, I don't know, done some prep work or something like that. But <laughs> hey, you hey,
2: yourself there, salty soldier. It's either the way, go, we got who it. Who cares? Aaron and
1: I. Aaron and I ended up having to change the pairings up a little bit so that we went head to head, and I I won a modified win on a die roll. He still. He still judges that inappropriately, but I, whatever. I still don't think you won that. Anyway, we had a great turnout. We had a great group of people. Again, a great group of people. And, uh, There's
2: a bunch of kids there. That was awesome.
1: We had both my kids, both of Brian's kids, and Frank, you brought your son, Ian, with. Yep. matter of fact, I think Ian had a, a, a good, fun... 10 or 15 minutes on the stream talking with a bunch of people, man, he was in his zone when he was he doing was that. So that was, was a lot of fun.
2: Left and right. Yeah. He was
1: just, oh, and, he was just, um, Simon like was, cordwood. Simon, Simon was there. Goolsby's son was there. Yeah. So I think half the field was kids, which is awesome. That's great. I mean, it's a, it's a father, father, kid event parent, um, parent child.
3: Which child. was which was
1: awesome. Parent child. Yeah. We haven't had a woman come play with us yet, but I'm hoping that we get that changed. Anyway, um, good turnout, good facility. Um, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Aaron and I actually played in this tournament. This is the first tournament I think I've played in. Um, and Wait, had play? a blast. I played. Holy buckets. Had a good time. So, yeah. So Frank, Frank was our winner. Crawl Sisters a Go Go, uh, the second time. Of course, we've run it twice, but uh, the second time, a first timer playing 350, walked away with the trophy. So,
5: the coveted microphone.
1: It's, uh, it's always interesting to see and and people showing up and, and walking away with it, especially against veteran players. I mean, we had the rest of the field that we had outside of Frank and Ian uh, and Shane. Well, Shane had played. I I showed him a game or two. Um, Todd, this was his first run, Shane's first run, Frank and Ian's first run. Everyone else was returning players. So hats off, kudos that you guys were able to come in and do as well as you did.
7: Oh, thank you. Uh, I played Todd first round, as a matter of fact, and I would like to award him uh, my personal award for best-looking minis all night. His mechs looked amazing. I will Todd's, Todd's, Todd's minis were pretty good.
2: Yeah. So let's get a little background on you, Frank. There, Where would you start with Battletech?
7: Oh, boy, that's an old story, but uh, I think Battletech, we're going to go back to uh, MechWarrior 2. Uh, Ghost Bears Legacy, Mercenaries, uh, Mech Commander, yes. the video games from the 90s. Uh, that's where I got started. Um, also got started at the same time, not even knowing that this uh, really was in the same universe, but uh, uh, I was an avid reader from a young age and uh, decided to look for something new in one day. And I was in a bookstore and uh, picked up, uh, I want to say it was Tactics of Duty. It had a robot on the front, so it was automatically cool. <laughs> and uh I didn't really know what I was getting into, and it wasn't until I was nearly done with the book I realized, hey, this uh, this book I'm reading, this is set in the same universe as this uh, mech game I'm playing on the computer. That's cool.
2: Yeah, that had, uh, what, a Victor and some Infiltrator battle armor on the front?
7: Yeah, I, I think, think that that's the one.
2: So what's your favorite ride?
7: Oh, boy. Um for me personally, you're going to find me in something like a, like a medium striker. Uh, if we're playing in thirty twenty five, maybe a wolverine. Or uh, if we're more in the clan invasion era, you're going to find me in maybe a grendel, storm crow, something like that.
2: Ooh, speedy. Nice. Clanner. Mm.
7: Guilty as charged.
2: Okay, so uh, factions. Factor. What do
7: you so like for be, factions? To be quite honest with you, uh, the team i brought to the tournament was ghost bear and that was mostly chosen because i love the paint schemes uh is my favorite color so i'm like all right we're gonna do something's blue and since i had predominantly clan mechs on the team they decided all right well uh ghost bear makes more sense than uh Liren's, so we're doing uh, we're doing ghost bear uh and ian uh, his favorite color is green so uh since i honestly as as a BattleTech player i cannot allow my son to play capellans so if he wants to play green mechs uh he he went jade falcon that's Wait, because I, I, you're a
1: good
6: father
3: i would have totally <laughs> gone the other way i would have been like you want green mechs you're capellan i'm not making anybody a turkey <laughs> I,
6: don't, I don't think going jade Falcons is any better so i mean you could have just done the bounty hunter group and then then we'd be all happy with it
2: oh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about that tommy well, I'm thinking
4: is that I think every single faction has a green color scheme, so <laughs> it's
2: true. I wouldn't doubt it, but Especially if it, it is right off the assembly line. It is good to have
6: faction you know a oh, faction i I do think that and and it's I'd like the fact that he's Jade Falcons. You're ghost bears. You're not both the same because then you can always have like a a battle against each other. I mean, if you're both playing uh Ghost Bears, I guess you could have trials and stuff, but it's just it's fun to have that little uh competition within the family kind of a
2: thing. So I think it's good to have <clears throat> at least two factions. Like, you know, one like nemesis of each other. Or if someone brings a clan faction, you can always have an sphere or mercenary faction against them, and then if they have, you know, said mercenary. InterSphere faction, you can always have a clan counter or something like that, or word of Blake. It's it's kind of fun to have. Oh, different player? Okay, I'll just switch it up.
0: So
4: you're saying I should be a ComStar fan and a Jade Falcon fan?
2: <laughs> sure. Really? I'll let, I'll let you figure that one out.
3: <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, you're if you're already Jade Falcon, you might as well just go word to Blake. I mean, honestly, that's true. Just just go go the whole way, Tommy. Just just
6: embrace. No. Embrace all the nukes, I mean, and then, and then, if it, you
3: need a, a periphery affiliation, then you can be a Marion uh, out there. You know, just it'll be great, or just straight pirate. You can just be a pirate, to... Jade Falcon, and Word of Blake. There has all to the be most a... loved factions.
2: There has to be a toaster hug day.
4: Well, I I, re- I already am a Karita fan, so
2: there
6: you go. Uh, before we dive into what Frank brought and uh, kind of his battle report, um, uh, how did you get involved with, uh, one, Wolfnet, and two, the 350? Good question.
7: Uh, let's see if I can dig back in the annals of the memory and uh, figure that out, but uh, I, I do know that I started listening to your podcast uh, sometime over the summer, so... I don't know, six months or so. Uh, I was interested in Alpha Strike at the time, but I uh, didn't really have anybody to play with. But then got a hold of a couple of the box sets. So at this point, I've got the Game of Armor Combat and the Clan Invasion, and I think I had like one Force pack. Uh, and uh, Ian had seen him. And he's like, well, those are kind of cool. Let's uh, see if we can play this game. And they, of course, they, they come with the cards and the packs, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the first couple times we played was just we laid out all the cards that came with the box set and whatnot, and we sort of had a draft. He's like, okay, I want, I want this mech. So he'd pick that one, and because we only had one, like, he got to have that on his team. And then I'd pick one, and we'd go back and forth, uh, try to even out the, the point value and whatnot, and then just uh, fight a battle on the, the paper map sheets. That's cool. And, and that's
5: so
2: that's how idea. we got started.
6: I like the draft idea.
2: Makes it kind of even, Steven especially if you have the opportunity to take it. <laughs>
6: yeah, and and Alpha so, Strike, I mean, if you have like, you know, the 40 block, 30 block, 50 block, you know.
1: So the one question wise. that I had, the one question that I have with that is, and it's been somewhat of a criticism that we've had of a game of armored combat that includes the Alpha Strike cards. How'd you make your way to the Alpha Strike rule set?
7: I want to say I found the one that was available online at the time, the, the free PDF. Okay. And we played with that. Um, and then around that time uh, is when I started listening to the podcast and became aware that you guys had a rule set, and I was able to find that. Uh, and that, of course, has the the five different scenarios and rule sets for those. So that got us into, uh, so we still sort of did the draft sort of thing for our first couple games because you know that's that's all we had to play with and uh played king of the hill and i want to say capture the flag with the mechs that are in those intro packs and uh the the dragonfly we uh, whoever drafted the dragonfly won capture the flag that was, that's,
0: that's how that went <laughs> uh-huh.
7: it's a little fast
5: <laughs> that's funny so what
6: did you bring to the uh go-go for a list
7: so I used all 16 available uh, spots on the roster. Uh, I had a couple core ideas. The first one was uh, I read on there that you allowed ProtoMechs, but you had to bring all five. And so I thought, you know, we're going to try this. Uh, and when I first kind of experimented with ProtoMechs, I had a couple that were fast and a couple that were, you know, could do a couple points of damage. And rapidly found that the ones that do damage cost a lot of point value. And if you're going to field those, like you're going to Set yourself back the point equivalent of an assault mech trying to field that many protomex that can actually do damage. So, so that evolved into uh, my protomex team is all about speed. They, that, that's all they do. They don't. Uh, I think for the tournament, I, I had a bogart two that can do one point of damage, but everything else is like zero star damage. So, I functionally don't expect them to ever do damage. They're all about speed and uh, objective control.
6: Right on. I think that's so, general the uh, the consensus when it comes to Protomex. It's like, yeah, just don't bother doing damage. Just if you can do the physical attack, great, but they're there for speed. I might like to see somebody try to field a team of
7: Protomex that can do a bunch of damage. I mean, I think if you had all five of them to where they could do damage and you were good at maneuvering them around the field, uh, It is not to be underestimated the power that having five separate units that move all at the same time can bring especially when you move initiative that gives you five essentially five moves after your opponent has done all of their moves and that's a very powerful thing
1: to be honest with you that's one of the reasons why we limited it to a single point Um, what what people don't always Take into consideration or think through is is it takes three units to box in a mech that can't jump. So being able to move five guys, even if they've only got one structure, if you can box in their biggest gun, so it can't move, that's a huge advantage on the table. Which is why we limited it to a single point.
4: I've been boxed in.
7: Yep, makes makes 100% sense to me, and you can still even do that with five of them, but I can imagine with uh, with 10 running around, that would be a real problem.
2: Oh yeah. What's the rest
7: of the list? Sure, so the, the proto-mechs only see the field in uh, Capture the Flag and Domination, and then the rest of the list, kind of the my anchormen, the mechs that are in most of the different scenario teams, are going to be a Madcat W., who is both very durable and throws out a lot of damage. Uh, that's uh, 12 total points of durability, and he does uh, 7 damage at uh, short and medium. And then uh, a Gargoyle J. Uh, Charles and I actually had a, a good chat about uh, Jump Strong and the what it brings to the table in regards to the Gargoyle J. Uh, putting out a lot of damage, but also having a... Uh, ground movement of ten and a jump movement of fourteen, which means that when you jump it, you have a TMM of four, and that—that's crazy.
6: Yeah, the Gargoyle J is a uh, solid piece for
7: uh, three fifty. Yep, and then I guess the the other core idea of the team, besides having Protomex to to do mobility related stuff, the the other thing that kind of I built the list around was having battle armors ride on omnimechs so that's why we have a mad cat and a gargoyle you might be able to squeeze out maybe a little bit more efficiency if you used mechs that aren't omnis but all of my mechs are omnis because another kind of linchpin of the team is uh corona heavy battle armors the srm version and i bring the squad size six and the what's special about these guys uh they do five points of short range damage and four points at medium and i've got the skill cranked down to two so, they do a lot of damage and they are accurate with it.
2: Those are huge workhorses, especially if you can jump in with a uh, team of battle armor and Omni mech at the same time. There's not a whole lot your opponent can do if you start hitting.
7: Yep, that was the idea. Uh, get them riding into battle. Either uh, I'd always have one hooked onto the gargoyle, and then most of the time, I'm bringing a second copy of the the Corona, and they're riding on either the Dasher or sometimes the Madcat. It does bring one interesting point of playstyle. A lot of people like to put their mechs behind hills to get that partial cover, and when you have a battle armor behind your mech, you can't do that, because now the battle armor can't shoot over that terrain. So it kind of forces you to stand out in the open more often, and for that reason, no unit on my team has a TMM of one because I can't guarantee that they will have cover, and a TMM-1 unit with no cover gets shot to pieces every time. Mm -hmm. So it was a requirement that every unit on my team have a TMM of at least two.
1: With the decreased or the increased, whichever way you want to go with skill, were you doing cover with each of your infantry, or were you
7: always straight shirt cocking it? Always, because... uh, because Corona, Corona are not that uh, durable, they don't. when you increase the squad size, you don't get that extra point of armor like you do with uh, Elementals and some of uh, Gnomes, notably. So three hit points is all you ever get on Corona, even if you increase the size. Their damage goes up with size, but their durability does not. So uh, getting that non-infantry cover is a key part of keeping them alive.
6: interesting too because you lowered the pilot skills to two so no matter what because they have to add a plus one for shooting through the cover that they're getting um so essentially you're still getting a pilot skill three uh battle armor which is yep which is nice and the idea there was that if i hook one onto the gargoyle
7: even when the gargoyle jumps that makes it uh all the All the mechs and whatnot are skill four. So if the Gargoyle jumps, his skill is effectively six with the jump penalty, but that Corona that's riding on him is effectively skill three, two with the one cover penalty. Yeah. So he gets the mobility bonus of the Gargoyle without the shooting penalty that's associated with that. And that combination proved uh, a lot stronger than I thought it was. Uh, I, I knew the team functioned like I wanted it to, but I wouldn't for a million years have thought that this team was going to go to an event and win it the first time.
1: So that is something that we've started to see that <clears throat> I don't know if it's something that we need to talk about or take a, a strong look at, but the Squad 6 BA is. Uh, was started by, of course, Uh, Mr. Brute at Gen Con and has kind of perpetuated itself in the events that we've ran since then. Um, That's Quad 6. They're they're costly, but they're also effective.
7: Yeah. I'm 100% down to blame Mario for everything.
5: (laughs) It's a good move. It's a good move.
6: i again it's it's you're paying the cost, so it does kind of weigh itself out but um yeah the the fielding of the the full maximum six unit uh it does pay dividends uh when you do put them on the field
2: all right, so um moving along well let's, let's co- take it- I, was gonna, I was gonna say you want
1: to cover what uh, Frank, I don't know if you you went over the list that you had. Do we want to talk about the scenarios that were played and how you Strategy. being a new player, how did you approach them? Because um, it sounded like there were a couple of scenarios that were played during the tournament that you may not have had a chance to play beforehand, which is odd.
7: Sure. Uh, so I guess I'll just sort of run through the day. Uh, my first, first game was against Todd, uh, as I mentioned a little bit ago. Uh, once again, beautiful mechs. Uh, and we played Domination. Domination was the first one. So uh, there I fielded the Protomex along with, uh, let's see, I what else to I field there. I got a Dasher, uh, a couple of Tornado Battle Armors, which only do short-range damage, uh, as well as one of the Coronas, uh, the Gargoyle. Uh, and then I have an Epona E, which is the one that's two damage to Heat, as well as the Choo Choo tank, whose name I can't pronounce, and we have since discovered is uh, no longer a, a viable unit to bring. But uh, a medium-range uh, tank there. <clears throat> and so uh, Todd, Todd got caught off guard in the early turns by how fast the uh, protomechs are. I, I bring two Siren 4s, which are the same speed as dashers. They're 26 on the ground, and that's just an obnoxious amount of ground to cover.
6: Yeah, that's fast. <laughs> Especially when you move them all at the same time.
1: I think the protomechs catch. Unity. I think the protomechs catch a lot of people off guard.
7: Yes. Yep, that they do. And uh, he and I also learned a lot about how the rules for uh, domination work. Uh, We had a couple misunderstandings about. uh, kind of how the the flag flipping and whatnot works, and how contesting things work, and what happens when both players contest something and it's still contested at the end of the turn. Uh, specifically, there were two different points, uh, once for him and once for me, where we thought the way it worked was when somebody claims a point and then on the next turn that, points become, that point becomes contested by both players, we thought whoever owned it the previous turn still owns it. We didn't know that it flipped to neutral. Uh, Kind of,
1: if it was contested at the end of the turn. So mm-hmm. we figured that out. Does it make sense? Does does how that yeah. mechanic work, does that make sense? Hey, now that, that it's been explained to you, or that you've had a chance to play it.
7: It does. Uh, that's one of those rules where I didn't feel like it was overly advantageous one way or another. As long as we both understood how the rules
6: worked, then it works. Right, the idea is being contested, so you can't control something that's contested. Basically, is is how we're going about it. Um, and uh, I think we in the in the early stages uh, we tossed around and played tested it, it flips to neutral.
2: If your opponent grabs that as well, well I had
7: claimed three points uncontested and he tried to contest it uh, and, and did so. He contested it. Uh, I was unable to kill what he contested it with. But in my color, yeah. we didn't yeah, understand that it would become neutral. And minor and, uh, that is... Yep, that's the point when it was explained to us that this is how that <laughs> works. And so we're both like, oh, well, this, this game gets to continue. Then.
0: Okay, <laughs> sure.
2: We noticed that with uh, a few of the matches that um, some of the some of the inner detailed... Functions of the mechanics weren't quite fully understood, so a lot of a lot of times we would have to remind people of no, you can't take an action when you sprint um, on certain scenarios. and yep. like con- contesting as well. so it was it was good questions were asked, and it was uh, it was put out in the open, and anybody could ask questions, and we always had a judge available to walk over discuss it, and get out of the way so they can continue playing.
7: Yep, that was another thing on my list, uh, something to talk about today, was uh, sprinting and what you can and cannot do, especially as it pertains to scenario objectives uh, after you have sprinted. Because that came up, yeah, that came up at the table I was playing at, as well as uh, I heard people talking about that all around me the whole time.
6: Right, so basically when you sprint, you're in the act of concentrating solely on movement, Um, and it is, again, it's kind of a gray area, but you can't do anything that that would be considered an action. Now, being in an area is not an action. If your, if your base is just simply, if the rule is that simply being there,
2: um. Domination has the, the idea that if you're in an area, you gain control of it. Now capture the flag is actually you know physically the action of picking up a flag. Right. But like domination, you just And King of the Hill. Correct. King of the Hill and Domination, you basically are in the zone of having it possessed.
6: As long as you're not shut down. (laughs) Right. Shut down, you turn into a whole layer. Terrain piece. But um, yeah, a lot of those questions, and again, like I said, we are revamping and and going through the rule book uh, one more time for version one point two or two point whatever you want to call it, um, to try to to make that a lot more simpler, spelled out, well known things like that. But again, you get that you get that with every game system tournament rules in anything. You're going to have. Uh, Questions like that. And that's why we have judges and and a forum and all kinds of stuff.
1: I think this this 1.2 release is really more about clarifying and really defining the gray areas that we're finding people are doing. So,
7: Yep, my note to bring that up was less that uh, I have any specific concerns with it as it was something that I observed being discussed a lot.
2: That's good. What was your next scenario so the
7: second uh, second game of the day I was paired against uh Sam uh, Brian's boy and we played capture the flag uh, I believe Sam had the uh, he he's the one that brought the 200 point team that he played every single scenario with the same team is that correct
1: him and uh oh hell I forgot what her name is the his Brian's daughter as well. Um, each of them brought strictly 200
2: points and played all the scenarios, and um, which we've done Sam, in testing as well, which is kind of funny. We're like, "No, you got to bring 350." And I'm like, "No, I don't." <laughs> but
1: going into the final round, I think Sam was in third place. I was like, oh,
2: "That's really baller." <laughs> but then again, not yep. having any of those other units that might help you in the different scenarios is kind of a gamble because. Stand-up fight, it's nice to have, you know, armor, slug out power, some some movement speed, but King of the Hill, you want to survive a lot. You don't necessarily have to do damage. And then like Rampage, you definitely have to bring some BA and transports. I mean, they all have very good key units that work well in those scenarios. And does it help having that selection capability? between the different scenarios to choose from?
7: I think it does, and that's kind of why I have, you know, the whole my, my whole force is 342, but again, I used all 16 uh, spots on my roster so that I could have uh, different specialist capabilities in the different uh, t- types of matches.
2: 42? So, you were like 8 short? That's pretty good. Yep. And I mean, <laughs> I usually sit around like 1, 2Z, maybe 3Z short, but wow, that's pretty decent.
7: Yeah, so the way I put the Force together was less of building the whole list as I built each scenario team and kind of filled them out, got them as close as possible to 200 points. Uh, For instance, my stand-up fight is exactly 200. My capture-the-flag team is 200. Bunkers is 200. Uh, My King of the Hill team sits at 198, and my domination team at 197. But that was the whole point, was putting those teams together. I cared less about the 350 as
6: the 200 for each scenario.
2: Yeah, those are, that's the important part, we betcha. That's it, very smart.
6: It is a common theme I'm picking up on. Basically, the winners of our events all say that they concentrated more on the 200s than, the, than overall what's in my 350. They, they use the 350 as, as a pool to draw from, but the 200s are, are getting those nailed down purse scenarios is really where it's at. So kudos to you.
7: Yep. Uh, so I guess to bring it back to my game against Sam, uh, he had what I like to refer to as the bandit clown car strategy. <laughs> where he's got uh, got some gnomes, and uh, I can't remember what other battle armors he had, but he had four or five different sets of battle armor on the field, and they're all piling into uh, two different bandits to get around the field. <laughs> And it was in that game that I learned some of the finer points of a non-infantry cover. Uh, I can't remember which; it was either uh, Matthew or uh, Aaron came over and explained that to us. But uh, we we got that, uh, uh, understood that well, and then uh, played the game. And I think maybe capture the flag wasn't uh, wasn't one of the strong points for the two hundred he had, and I took that one. I want to say four to two. Again, uh, that's the other scenario I fielded the protomex for. So both first and second round, they were out on the board, and they're just running amok. They're so fast. And there was definitely a point where I used protomex to box a unit in so it couldn't move um, and just to uh, close up lines of fire. And also, there was a couple times where I had a battle armor get stranded because the mech it was on needed to do something else. And so (laughs) I used the protomex to... Provide non-infantry cover to the battle armor, even though the battle armor models are nearly as big as the protomech on the field.
2: Interesting, interesting. That'd be something further to discuss as well. Yep. I, I checked the rulebook, and it says anything that's not infantry you can use as cover. Very nice. That's being very showing some initiative. That's good. Yep. So so that uh, that was good. Had a good time with Sam. Learned a lot. Uh,
7: third round was against Bob. Uh, Bob's a lot of fun to play with.
2: Oh yes, he is. He's a big talker.
7: Uh, he is. And uh, the other thing I wanted to uh, give a shout out here, uh, Bob is the only player that Ian and I both played against
2: that day. Uh,
7: Bob was Ian's first round opponent.
6: Thank you. I think, uh, I think Bob's um, uh, nickname for that tournament was Anakin Skywalker because I think he faced nothing but uh, younglings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, he had. Uh, he oh, had except a lot for of- me. He had a lot of the 3055 unseen um, units, and he painted them in a very, very pretty um, uh, metallic uh, rainbows or metallic uh, cool colors, warm colors. They were sweet looking.
7: Yep, uh, his headliner against me was uh, some model of crossbow that did uh, 6 damage, and he cranked the skill down to 2 on that thing. That was a terror on the battlefield. That's <laughs> fast, putting out a lot of very accurate damage. But uh, that it was, was a, King of the Hill.
1: That was a very different list from Bob that he normally runs, which I was excited to see because it was he was branching out a little bit and trying something different which was good to, it was fun to see
2: he was used to uh vtols fast units uh real light stuff vehicles and then they started moving into medium moderate heavy units kind of nice to see
7: Yep, and he did have the bright uh, metallic paint schemes that you were describing. I want to say that crossbow was uh, like blue and purple, maybe metallic, and then he had a horned owl that was either red or gold or something like that, very flashy. But uh, his branching into slower units uh, caught up with him there because this was king of the hill, and since I'm running all uh, fast omnimex, I ran to the center and I held it and. Uh, 401 on points, just because he couldn't get. He had a couple of tanks that just were not fast enough to get there.
2: Yeah, that size differentiation can really be a problem, especially in King of the Hill. And if you can't oversize through numbers and size, you're you're not going to get there.
7: Yep, uh, that's that's pretty much how it turned out. He uh, the tanks that he brought, uh, he ended up. He was using the new uh, forest uh, rules where if you're within an inch of the edge of the forest uh, that you don't have a penalty to shoot out, but the opponents have a penalty to shoot in. So since uh, they weren't very fast and had lower TMMs, he had both forests on his side of the board and kept his tanks in the forest kind of shooting into the middle. But of course that kept uh, kept his units out of the middle, which is where the points were being scored and that ultimately didn't, uh, didn't work out for him. Yeah. In uh, the, the last game? In the last game was actually played uh, on the streaming table. So if you're interested, you can go watch that on the, the YouTubes. And that was against Max. And that was, uh, I believe it was Stand Up Fight at that point, yeah?
1: I think so. I think that was the last one.
7: Yep, so Max uh, Max's list was interesting in that he had six units on the table and every single one of them had the same firepower. It's like well, this one does four damage and this one does four damage, uh, a tad disingenuous because some of them did heat damage as well. Yeah, but uh, the same damage potential across all of them. And uh, I want to say he had two warhammers, uh, an Uziel, a javelin, and a shadow hawk, and then a Marauder battle armor that began riding on the Uziel.
6: Yeah, that was an interesting list. I uh, got my clock. Cleaned thoroughly by that list. Uh, I think in the third round. Yeah, I think the the rest
7: of the list that I didn't get to play against, he had some uh, hover tanks as well.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: He's got some. But I got to see. This. Yep. But I got to see mostly mechs and the uh, marauders. Uh, I brought against him the Mad Cat and the Gargoyle, uh, both Coronas, uh, one Tornado who got stranded and spent the whole match hiding in the hills as an initiative sink Uh, (laughs) and uh just as a note if if you do go back and uh watch the replay on on youtube uh the commentators are uh misunderstanding which which battle armor is which uh they they think i'm dragging a tornado around on the gargoyle Uh, that is a corona following the gargoyle around uh, and the one tornado that's on the field is the one that's stuck in the back because he was riding on the Mad Cat and the Mad Cat got wrecked and couldn't continue <laughs> to carry him into battle. It sucks when you lose your ride. <laughs> it does. That that is one of the drawbacks of this uh, uh, kind of mechanized infantry Omni Mech strategy is that if uh, you know if one of the key units Omni units gets taken out or uh, like if in a scenario where I'm using the Epona as a ride, you know, motive damage is a thing. If your ride gets shot out from under you, all of a sudden, the whole idea of using battle armor to hitch onto another unit to get a mobility advantage, the advantage is gone. Yeah.
6: Yep, been there plenty of times.
2: Or if you just forget to hook it on in the beginning, too, and leave it at the (laughs) punchline. Whoops!
7: Yep. Uh, And if you see the, well, this is kind of what led to the tornado getting stranded. Uh, I mentioned earlier that one of the kind of weaknesses of my list is that the mechs have to stand out in the open so that the battle armor can take their shots because the battle armor are an important part of the firepower package of the team. So you can't hide, or you can, but you'd be giving up so much firepower it's not worth it. So uh, turn one, I put the Mad Cat out there with no cover so that the Coronas could shoot. And the Coronas did shoot, and I killed his Uziel on turn one. And I honestly believe that right there is where that battle turned, because he had put the Marauder in such a way that it was only base-to-base with the Uziel. So when I killed the Uziel turn one, the Marauder was stuck. It wasn't going anywhere. Whereas if it had been base-to-base with... Like the javelin, for example, then he would have been able to maneuver both of those units on the battlefield and put that marauder's firepower into play uh, with greater adaptability. But instead, his as soon as I killed that Uziel, his whole team was stuck where it was, and it was mine to uh-huh. uh, to advance on.
6: Well, that's that's good for recognizing that because yeah, even even if it can get on slower units, it's still not going to get into the position that you want it to be. Yep, yeah, uh, but
7: I paid for it by losing all but i think maybe the mad cat survived the first round with two points of structure
6: well it was a good thing you had the gargoyle jay as your last mech uh, on the board that did come down to a pretty close game didn't it it did
7: uh we got down to the very end and his uh some model of warhammer 2c uh, that was putting out both uh four points of standard damage as well as i think it had two heat damage on it two heat yep uh, and that got weird. into a duel with the gargoyle, but he expended so much uh, time, he he managed to kill off the corona that the uh, gargoyle was dragging around. But by the time he had done that, he was basically out of armor already, and so the gargoyle's still fresh against a armorless uh, warhammer.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and trying to pick like which one are you get to shoot at. I mean, uh, between the gargoyle and the corona, I mean it's it's tough. He, both of them are are chewing you up, so. Yeah, yep. Do you try to go for the ride or do you try to go for the battle armor?
7: Yeah, and there were a couple points there where if I had won initiative, he would have basically instantly lost because I would have jumped behind him and just poured all yep. the Gargoyle's firepower plus all <laughs> the Corona's firepower into his back. But uh, he kept winning at clutch points, so we had a face-to-face duel and uh, the Gargoyles just had, had all of its hit points left when it started fighting that guy. So uh, I took it down
6: good fought good fought battle um if i'm not mistaken you did end up with uh 16 objectives objective points and a four win record
7: uh, yes, uh, definitely four wins, and I want to say having 16 is was really the only difference between myself and Goolsby, who, for the mm-hmm. record, uh, I think was also 4-0, and oh, but at one point he didn't get all the objective points, so that's... Against his
2: son! <laughs> <laughs> Against his own son, he missed one. I think he's still him. a little
6: salty about that.
2: <laughs> a little bit. That just goes to show you, every one of them counts. Uh, I don't
7: blame yes. him, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, Finally, getting to go head to head with him
1: uh, at the next event—that'll be fun. Well, uh, I was going to say for Goolsby, um, the situation that happened there was is he uh, misplayed. uh, He was running battle armor on his Phoenix Hawk to C, and not his Dasher, and ended up having to replay a round, which didn't let him. Yeah, he. He kind of didn't screwed have up. Didn't have the
2: X-Mech, huh? Whoops, that happened. Didn't, didn't have well, didn't have
1: Omni you know, for his yep. for his battle armor that he had. So um, that's kind of what cost Sean um, his position. And you know, it goes to show that all of those things matter, right? I mean, we
2: we did see that during the tournament that. Some people didn't still understand what did what for specials and what didn't work for mechanics. And we had to occasionally walk that through of, okay, we need to backtrack as far as we can because it's it's a game state and mm-hmm. it needs to, You you two players have to work that out. You know, we're just going to let you go back to it, but something's not right. Yeah. And he and, called he called the judge over. We
1: we talked through what happened and mm-hmm. um, in, in a lot of ways I was thankful that it was father and son and, and there wasn't <laughs> a, a major blow up over that cuz <laughs> it was kind of a it was kind of a big oops. Um yep. but um, good atmosphere it, it played, and good
2: players it, it, that can it, be okay with it that. It played out.
1: It played out and and Sean took the penalty and and it, it, it showed in the final standings so
5: yeah no, it's that would... always
2: that's further testing you know when you have your list you run through your scenarios and understand what your mechanics do and play test it and play test it and then play test it some more so <laughs> you don't have those big oops and if you change one thing it can upset the whole list if if you're not testing it retesting it i mm-hmm. want it like you like you like you practice it.
6: Well, it was a very successful day for Frank. Um, how uh how what were Ian's uh overall takeaway from the day? Did he have, I mean he he looked like a regular Howard Cosell on the with the headphones on talking to the commentators? He looked like he was having a blast.
7: He had a great time talking to the the guys that were <laughs> present on Discord. Uh special shout out to Gold there. I think he was uh holding down the fort there and talking to Ian a whole bunch. And I want to say I got to talk to him and uh, at least one other guy, uh, at the end of the night. They kept wondering where I was. Like, well, we want to talk to Frank? We want to talk to Frank. <laughs> well, uh, when my game was over, I'd run over to see uh, what Ian was up to.
6: Yeah, he looked like he was, he was having a good time. Um, there was a lot of Ghost Bear lists there uh, for the go-go. That was kind of surprising. I think there was, what, four? I mean, I know I brought them, you brought them. I think there was around round
5: two. They were very Not- popular <laughs> my
6: my favorite thing i, I played him too yeah you played it right after i got done with him yeah oh that's right because he's like oh great another ghost bear list <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i of course this is after i have like finally went and got a beer calmed down after the whole technical issue fiasco and uh, i was like well i don't know how well i'm gonna do i've only played this list twice or something like that and he goes I've only played 350 twice. <laughs> so oh.
1: Like that when you play
6: Todd. Oh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so i was like, well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, he had some great miniatures. We played on that snowboard. Um, it just looked really cool. Cool. Um, I think overall, everyone had, I think everyone had painted armies there, didn't they? Or at least to the most most for the most part.
2: Not everybody, but most. <laughs> For the most Which part, I think it
1: was pretty much done, yeah.
2: Um, I think we had a few Lego proxies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there isn't one, it's fine. That's
6: true. That's true. Um, any any final thoughts on the day for you, Frank? Um, I think we're going to move on to uh, a broader discussion about how well the whole thing went and, uh, and going forward. But I uh, just wanted to give you the first shot at uh, just final thoughts of the day.
7: I think uh, for my final thought here, I'll just piggyback on to something we were talking about just a minute ago where I was really struck by the cooperative attitude of the the whole field where uh, we were all there to have a good time. And it, we all had a sense that we weren't 100% understanding everything all the time, but there was a great spirit of let's try to figure out let's all arrive at an understanding of how this works. And if there is some sort of misunderstanding or we need some clarity, let's call the judge over. Let's, let's learn. And I didn't sense that there was any uh, like intense rules lawyering going on. Uh, and it was just a, a generally cooperative atmosphere. And,
1: and you I played, was... and you played against max and there was no intense rules lawyering going on. That's impressive. Yep. So uh, I'm going to have to give him an attaboy when I see him next. And, that that's just a shot love you max i just got to get my shots in when i can
6: did you see what he wrote
1: after the uh
6: on the facebook Uh, he gave
1: he gave great breakdowns of of his each match and the list that he used and kind of his approach to strategy and tactics great write-ups for anyone that's interested um max is a writer and he he's expresses himself very, very well. Um, thank you for doing that. Uh, it's a, what a lot of people are looking for. Um, it's not something, it, it it's something that we have tried to not do in that we're the creators of the list or, or of the rules. And we don't want to be the, here's what you need to do to win. Um, that That's not what we're here for. Um, the rules are written for you to explore the universe and um, try things out for yourself, play. It, it's It's designed to play. So, Max kind of took up that mantle and and
5: gave a really good rundown.
6: Well, it helped that he took shot. He took pictures of every board. Good picture, every round.
5: <laughs> yeah, good pictures.
6: But sorry, Frank, Ka to continue. Uh, I think I was pretty
7: well wrapped up. I uh, said what I had to say. You also, you we also
2: brought a uh, a sweet little uh, dice tower. Where'd you get that?
7: Uh, I want to say I found those on Etsy, and uh, my wife's already got an account set up there, so I said, hey, order <laughs> me this.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, uh, your dice tower uh, had a lasting effect. Uh, Matt is displaying his brand-new... Uh, Ghostbair
1: I've got State a tower. I've got a dragoon ones here someplace too. <laughs> and uh,
2: they're fabulous.
6: Those I uh, I plan on picking one up myself.
2: Do you they even, do you they even do fall you down. like?
1: Do you like using it? Is it is it a game aid that you enjoy having on the table, or is it was it what i, I what's your what's your reason for using it? I guess we'll start that way.
7: Okay, I'm going to reference uh, something else that happened repeatedly on the stream. Uh, did you observe that Ian was knocking stuff over on the board while he was playing? Yes. Okay. Uh,
2: <laughs> it happens.
7: Yeah. Part of that is because mm-hmm. you know he's barely over four feet tall, so he has, right. is not able to reach over the table quite like uh, the rest of us are. Uh, and also... Uh, he has the same thing with dice, where he'll throw dice and you know disturb the game state by throwing dice across the table. So we needed something to contain that, and yeah, like a dice tray would have been another option. But uh, I had seen the dice towers and thought, you know what, those look cool. Let's try that. And uh, I liked it. He liked it. So uh, he has one as well. He's got uh, Jade Falcon one. Those are some
2: great points, especially with um, yeah, when in a casual gameplay, it's it's really nice to you know, learn and 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 have fun mainly and well, yeah when you have accidents or anything like that it's it's not a big deal as long as you attempt to you know put it back and and finding some ways of uh keeping it from happening again and that's that's great and as long as you have fun and people learn that's the main thing and everything else can come second
6: yeah my my uh dice shaking uh, tends to follow my mood in a game where it's <laughs> I, sometimes I punish my dice by just chucking them across the board. <laughs> <I'm> Roll <laughs> six, damn Eric forgets
1: that we're playing BattleTech and he moves on to bowling. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Craps, so maybe a, maybe
6: a dice tower or a tray might be a, a good a good fit for me in the future. But uh... and
2: <clears throat> another good uh, tip and trick for uh, trays and dice towers is ensure that your opponent can see the results of the dice as well, because sometimes that can be an issue as well
6: transparency
0: mm-hmm.
6: but uh the the go-go was a great i thought it was a great event the, the 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 venue was perfect i mean other than the whole mix up with tables um they had food and beer and uh sodas and stuff right there um <laughs> adequate
2: lighting good well one thing we we wanted to mention that was discussed was how many people that weren't in the tournament came through and just watched and came through and asked what was going on? What is this?
6: So one of the big, one of the big reasons for coming up with a 350 was just a, have a, have a a rule set that everyone knows and everyone can bring to any game store and just pick up a game. You know, you don't have to bring your whole collection. You don't have to bring 15 rule books. You don't have to do this. Um, sit down, grab a mat, 80 minutes later, you got a Battletech game in. Um, the other reason was the the visual aspect of Alpha Strike. When you have 3D terrain and you have a bunch of people playing the same thing, um, crowds get automatically intrigued when you you know you're calling out hey 55 minutes left in the round or 10 minutes left in the round they're like oh this is an actual tournament going on and they're playing battletech i know battletech i i play that on my table you know so the amount of people that walked through the tables and and every gamer does this you know you just kind of silently sit back and watch t- two or three minutes of a game and then you move on but it, it's just they're looking at the, the terrain and the, and how awesome the miniatures look and, and painted, and then, you know, they kind of find a guy like Matt that's sitting there commentating <laughs> and doing this. Hey, what is this? How, how, <laughs> you know, How What do you got going on
2: here? It's like, pause, I have to take my headset off. I'll come talk to you for a while because it's important. Like, you know, people can watch the stream, and it's just would yeah. like, I'd, I'd rather talk to somebody right there and get them involved than you know, people can see what's going on play-by-play, play, but I'd rather, someone's right there in, you yep. know, in the flesh, like, Hey, I need to talk to this person if they're interested and make sure that I answer any questions they have. And
6: I, I would say we had probably 20 some people walk through and just ask some questions or just kind of peer over and, Oh, this looks kind of cool. This is neat. Um, I think we turned a lot of heads that day and that's kind of our whole, you know, our our main focus with this whole 350 and BattleTech and alpha strike is to get new people into the game and uh one way to do that is to display the game and show other people how much fun it could be um in a in a fun uh competitive environment so
1: well i had i actually had throughout the the week with the curl sisters of gogo advertising and just talking back and forth we had three (laughs) I had three folks show up just to introduce themselves, people here in Minneapolis, um, to see what we're doing, put a name to the face, shake hands, that kind of thing, because we do that kind of thing. We're not, we're not scared.
2: We're not dicks. Um,
1: And (laughs) I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to turning around and and finding time to to get with them and, and roll some dice, so.
6: And remember, I'm the tall, blonde, good looking one. Andrew's the large one with the beard.
4: <laughs> Aaron's the one that can't grow facial hair.
6: Yeah, I'm the one that can't grow facial hair. <laughs> I think I had two or three people like, hey, Andrew, had a great time. I'm like, this is Aaron. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Sorry to bust, sorry to bust the bubble.
2: <laughs> you got demoted to major. Well, then I even got one guy who's like, uh, hey, you're the guy
6: with the red beard, right? And I'm like, red beard. He called you Mario. Yeah, I, I talked to him. Yeah, I was like, I talked to him. Uh, I talked to you about for 15 minutes at uh, Minneapolis. I'm like, red beard. Dirks hey. wasn't there.
2: Yeah, he had bibs and on, I was like, right. Oh wait, they're
6: talking about Matt. So I guess you have a beautiful red beard.
2: It's it's got a little German in it. <laughs> That's from my mama
5: side.
6: Mama side.
2: That's the Dewan family side.
6: But I I loved it. I think. That's. I think Game Center was a great place to go. Uh, probably gonna do go go there from now on, as long as we can make sure we have damn tables reserved.
1: Well, I mean that's that's gonna be the thing. Is I mean the idea is is that it'll continue to grow, right? We damn near doubled in size from last year the to garage. this year. Yeah, 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 from the garage because COVID, and we damn near doubled. To to this year, so, you know, the hope is that we'll double again next year. And I'm finding (laughs) that finding that much table space is a little difficult um, without spending some dollars. Um, Game Center offered to give me uh, an extremely awesome rate uh, for one of their rooms that would have been sufficient but it's not cheap and we are (laughs) our our patreon is a three dollar a three dollar deal because we're we're not looking to gouge and we're not looking to try and make any money but at the same time when we start running events that become sized that is going to cost us some dollars to get done so We try and do it as free as charge as we can, but we may have to start when we get bigger events. Start taking ten or fifteen bucks just to cover the event space. So that was that was lesson learned this time around.
2: I did like it that we were still in the front rooms and open for people to see and venture without being behind like closed doors and like a back rented room. Oh, we will. So there's a balance there too. Yeah, whenever whenever we do this, I mean,
1: I, again, I'll, I'll take podcast and agent hat on. And <laughs> um, as an agent, I mean, that a lot of what we do is, has been crafted towards um, me being an agent. And I thank everyone, you know, you fellow podcasters, my, the command group for dealing with my dumb ass every once in a while and, and some of the Things that I've said, we've got to do it this way, Ben. That's the reason why. Um, Some of those to try, try to say really, really true to an agent so that others around the world um, can use what we're creating and, and use it for their, their gaming groups and their credit. So um, to that, where I'm going with that is, even if we would have been in another room, we would have had doors open, and we would have been hooting and hollering and having just as much fun as as we were anyway. We would have drawn people in. Um, nothing's ever closed off, so that's what we do. We're we're like butterflies. We're, we we ensure that we're having we're having a good time, and that our players are having a good time, and that we let everyone else know that we're having a good time. <laughs> so,
6: <laughs> yeah, and and we will continue to try to do three events as long as we can but again like andrew mentioned if we start getting 45 people uh yeah there might we might have to <laughs> we'll we'll try to cover as much as we can with the patreon and our own funds but um there that might be a, be a door ticket or something like that but
1: that will be an awesome problem to solve and i don't think we're <laughs> very
4: turkina
6: ish very turkina ish <laughs> yes i don't
1: think we're far away from that so again 40
6: 40 person Alpha Strike 350 tournament would be amazing.
1: Baller. That would be baller. Oh. I mean, that's. Hey, oh. we're at heat, heat level critical in Florida. Um, we're pushing 30. So i
5: so I'm much for really capping.
1: You know? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that.
2: <laughs> All right. Does this kind of wrap up this Sister of Go Go? I think so. Yep. Um, All right. Let's why don't we move on to the other battle event and our own charles gideon dirks was at that one at the home the home estate in colorado
3: correct sir yeah uh, yeah yeah no uh we had the uh battle for the sphere put on by the uh local uh colorado springs battle tech group um we the uh tournament was actually up um and the uh Oh, see I knew I was going to forget it. It it's the outlets um in Castle Rock. There we go. <laughs> um and speaking of like you guys talking about the venue, um we the the game shop that we played at is uh it's called Inconceivable Toys and Games. Uh if you live in this uh, like in the Colorado, it's right between Denver and Colorado Springs. So, I mean, that's like 80% of the state's population. So, go there check it out um but uh <clears throat> uh yeah so they just opened a shop there and so what what the outlets is is it's like a, a uh, an outdoor mall um
2: it looked and, new and fancy yeah,
3: yeah yeah well they just they just expanded into that 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 space they have a different shop um elsewhere but um it was uh, I, like literally there were probably, oh, I don't know, at least a few hundred people who got exposed to Battletech that day Wow! because, because we, like we were, because we were right up front against, like we were right at the windows. So people were just walking by, looking in, people would walk in, walk around trying to, you know, seeing what, what was all going on. So, I mean, it was like an ideal. So anybody who's looking to put on an event, um, if you can put it on after black Friday, during the shopping season, <laughs> that that's the way to get some exposure because it was insane. It was like nonstop people walking through. Um uh but anyway, so for those of you who maybe didn't catch the last uh where I kind of gave the setup for it, it was um uh kind of just a beginner, a little bit more beginner-friendly 350. Um, so there were a couple changes to army construction rules. Um, simplifying things like no VTOLs, um, only two proto mechs. They, they took the rule of two and applied it to protos as a whole. Um, and the entire tournament was clan invasion. Um, and then you had to be, you had to be specific to a faction. Um, nice. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I guess you didn't have to be, you could, you could just do intersphere general and have that be your list that you played off of. Um, but you had to be
6: clan or intersphere.
3: You had to be clan or inner sphere, and if you like, if, if you wanted access to, uh, you know, that one unit that only the Jade Falcons had, well, you're gonna have to play the Jade Falcons uh. and make the rest of your list work with it, um, and also, uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also, uh, all the games were stand up fight only, um, oh. j- just just because. Just slugging it out. Eh? Yeah. Well, and it's the, the most straightforward game, game mode, yep. you know, yep. it, where the, no, I mean, you guys know the number of people who come to their first 350 event and they don't like they invest everything in armor, structure, and damage. And then half the game modes encourage speed. And, and and they're just not equipped for it, you know. So they didn't want to set anybody up for that and have people just like not have fun because they weren't prepared for the scenario. Yeah. Um, well, plus if you're only going to have like two clan
2: lists that showed up, the rest of them are just like psh, slugfest with intersphere sphere units.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was only two clans. Um, I, I'm not even sure who what the other clan was. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been well, Wolf. What was um, you? Yeah, one was me, Wolf in Exile. Finally, finally get on court. Yeah, um, and I, I, I mean, I tell you what. So the you, you ever have it where you're in a room and you start to question if you're a jerk because everybody <laughs> else seems so much nicer than you, but like. <laughs> Like that was my experience. Everybody was so friendly and so nice. I'm like, Am, am I the jerk? Am I the am jerk? I, am, am, am I, am is I it me? The jerk? you know, like like if if you, you already won if, huh? if if you sure. can identify the jerk, it's you, you know? I was just like, is it me? Like, am I am I somehow not the friendliest person? <laughs> I don't so, know. It was crazy. So,
2: so as for someone who would 99999 percent of the time run interspere units, what was it like playing a clan list?
3: Uh, it was torture. Um, so, j- just to give a real brief uh, rundown, I don't want to get too far into numbers and stuff. Um, but my Wolf in Exile list is my overheat list. Um, and uh, so, I, like, my, my, my big boys are the uh, uh, Man of War Echo, um, throws eight damage at short, seven damage at medium, and has one overheat. And the Vulture uh Delta, which is 8 damage at short, 6 at medium, and 2 overheat. And my dice hated me, so none of that mattered. Um, <laughs> Need to get a dice tower! <laughs> no. Well, you try shoving <laughs> ten, di- 10 pairs of dice through a dice tower. It'll do it. Duck.
2: It'll eat it. I bet it'll eat it.
3: And there's it there's not better, enough room barely. in your tray for that. There nope, is it. not...
2: I have to put a conveyor on this thing
3: yeah it is, it um, i
4: know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> you try to throw 10 dice it doesn't work
2: yeah well i
3: mean man you're, you're, uh, gonna
2: have, you're gonna have to start using like uh brute scenarios to roll dice here
3: something something well <laughs> uh, i mean like there was i i played on the stream um for one match the second match um, the, the only match I won, um, and my dice actually were friendly ish. Um, they, they got me a couple criticals that got me a couple bonus damage, which, you know, uh, that helps. took care of a couple of units. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just getting somebody, something off the board. So I, I, I didn't have to deal with it for one more turn. It really made a difference. Um,
2: where'd you go with your skill mods?
3: i left them all for. Right um and the elementals uh that i took uh i think there's only like three people that had battle armor um again like it, they made it very beginner friendly um so like Which I, I
6: thought was... i thought that was a really good way to go yeah. um just to get everybody comfortable with the rules how the game plays Um uh, i thought the rule set you guys came up with was or whoever came up with it was was fantastic
3: Yeah, uh, it it was not me. It was not me. Um, Who
2: who put that event on?
3: That was, well, the uh, Colorado Springs Battletech guys. um, The uh, actual names of them are um, uh, David, Mike, and Alex. Alex wasn't there, but um, the three of them really put their heads together to kind of figure out what they wanted to do um, and what would be friendly. Um, I think, it one... One, I, I mean, I've tooted my horn on this a lot, but I think that era faction restrictions are definitely the way to go, and this kind of short, you know, shorted that up in my head. Um, whether it, the whole tournament is set in an era or not, that I think though, it it forces people to make decisions. Like uh, there was a game I played where it was all scorpions, griffins, and wolverines, and hit, everything was skill two or three. He had two at skill two and everything else was skill three. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to run up there and I'm going to smack him, you know, (laughs) except he was actually hitting at long range because he was all skill two and three and his dice were, his dice were friendly, but (laughs) not, not, not like ridiculous, but they were friendly. And by the time I got into medium range where I could really start smacking him back, I already had six points of damage and he had none. So
2: call him long range.
3: Yeah, well it, it I mean there was one point where I was throwing eight damage and I needed sevens to hit and I got no hits. So my All dice right. hated me. I don't know if there's any uh uh mathematicians the out there, but <laughs> what are the odds of not getting sevens on eight <laughs> on eight consecutive dice rolls? Um but no, it was a great event. The uh everybody's super friendly. Uh is a $5 uh, uh entrance Entry fee. Rate. Um, and then they had a uh, terrain for sale for $5, uh, for Hills. Um, That's it was a pretty great. good,
2: uh, gifts there too, or prizes too.
3: Oh man. Yeah. Well, I like, there's a whole bunch of uh, guys in that uh, Facebook group who are 3d printers. So I got, I got, I walked away with like hangers and a piranha, I think, and a banshee. Like they just printed up all sorts of stuff, uh, a couple demolisher tanks, um, cool. granted, not necessarily stuff that I can put in a uh a 350 because I myself lean into the uh <laughs> uh uh into you know using official minis and everything like that. Um, but it, it was it was a really good time and uh I, I just can't, yeah, thank the thank those guys enough. I So then the the talk is, where do we go? You know, where do they want to go from here? If they want to try a different rule set or if they just want to open it up to more broad Wolfnet 350 rules, sticking Wolf, you know, in Clan Invasion or advance their timeline. And I think that that's really anybody out there who's trying to think like, oh, well, I don't know if I, you know, I listen to the podcast, the guys get into this, you know, these like tmm4 uh v tolls with battle armor and, and and it feels like too much don't be afraid to say hey you know what like this seems like too much for this group and say you know what? We're, we're, we're not going to do that we'll play clan invasion where a lot of that stuff doesn't take place or we want to we're going to have one event where it's all succession wars and play it out or i mean even like uh, the liberation of Terra. You know, you like, oh yeah, I want to go mm-hmm. back and do, you know, all star league stuff. Yeah, d- d- run an event that way. It, like it, it it's going to be fun anyway. It yeah. was a blast playing with those guys.
2: Yeah, we found out you weren't the tallest guy there either.
3: <laughs> uh, barely, Frank- barely. Frank ran the numbers for you.
6: Frank, what'd you come up with? How how bad is uh, uh, Charles's dice
2: rolling? Uh, one in five hundred. Ooh.
3: <laughs> i'm special <laughs> <sighs> burn those
2: dice
6: that's bad yeah
3: yeah that was but horrible yeah,
6: to to reiterate what dirk said uh you don't have to run the wide open premiere event i mean this thing is made to where uh if you want to do faction specific era specific both uh you can do that it's a hundred percent uh doable our only uh our only thing is, and and the MUL, if 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 I think if in a couple episodes ago or last episode we we discussed if the MUL did a couple of things, then we would one hundred percent change it to yeah I think faction specific era specific is the future of the three fifty just because you do get rid of a lot of cheese and and. um <laughs> Why you going to do me like that, Coach?
2: <laughs> well, every every well, game is gonna have
6: cheese, and some, and
2: some you know some clan pizzas and some mercenary pizzas <laughs> are gonna have extra cheese, but they won't have the pepperonis. But you I bring think the for...
4: cheese and Coach will bring the wine.
2: That's true. So... That's true. But
6: uh, yeah, it's it's a it's again it's a, a evolution thing that we're we'll hopefully get to uh, eventually. But uh, yeah. What what the Colorado guys did that's that's a perfect example of what to do to introduce new players, um, get them familiar with Alpha Strike, and then but at the same time, okay, well every, um, you know the objective points. Okay, I understand what an objective point is. Um, that that kind of scenario. So, um, kudos yeah. to those guys. Big shout out.
2: Hopefully, we can see you guys uh, do some more of that or next evolution or how many guys oh, did you sure. have for that?
3: Um, I think they ended up at 14.
1: Nice.
6: If I nice. remember right, it,
3: it might've been 12, 12, 14, something like that. It was under 16.
1: Okay. Pretty good turnout. Yeah. How yeah, yeah it, it, huh? How long, how many games did you guys get in? How, how long did uh, it run?
3: Four. Uh, oh. we, yeah uh, we ran from, uh, 10 till, uh, seven well six 30 and then, uh, awards. Um, and, nice.
2: The stream the, was fabulous.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, they did a great one. David doing his uh, Duncan Fisher impressions the entire time was hilarious. But um, you know, when it was set up, there was thirty-minute breaks between every round. Um, did you get they more time of, to relax? Oh, way more time. I, I actually was able to like step outside between every game instead of <laughs> run from one table to the other. Um, <laughs> well well, and and and, i don't i don't understand what you're talking about Um, inside
6: joke but it was
3: uh well because they really like they thought that 30 minutes was going to be a ton um but then with like uh last round you know that last round could take a a third of that very possibly you know if because people st- start getting desperate, you know. So people start, <laughs> you know, doing all sorts of craziness like death from above's with their OScouts and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, so it, it. But it was like kind of a lesson learned thing of like maybe or maybe we pair off like five minutes off every break and then have a longer lunch break. Um, because even though we were there at the the outlets and there was food all over the place. Like you just didn't quite have enough time to really grab food. So everybody got hungry by the end, but
2: the lines fill up, you got to wait or the food's not coming out of the kitchen yet. Cause you know, people are short staffed right now and we have to, we have to allow for that and be accommodating.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, but, but it was, it was a great time. I like, um, and it was that night um, they were all on the discord trying to figure out what they were going to do for the next one so (laughs) yeah so those guys are those guys are uh, hooked on the alpha strike it's amazing how that happens
2: isn't it (laughs) like what's the first thing you do change my list speaking
6: speaking of frank are there any tweaks you're going to put in your list already done (laughs) (laughs) what
2: Can we, can we get any can we get any sneak peeks? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no don't, that's, that's, don't tell. You wanna no, find out you play me. That's the answer.
1: You <laughs> wanna find <laughs> out you play <climb> me? You, <laughs> don't, you don't get any
7: advanced <laughs> intel. That's not how this works.
1: I like it. I
2: like it. We'll do, we'll do smoke and dagger. <laughs> uh, do we want to do the
6: uh, history brief at the actual yeah. middle of the episode this time? <laughs> Hold <laughs>
2: that. God, are you kidding me? We're actually on track and doing it right? Mm, not necessarily, but we're going to take that anyways. Getting closer. <laughs> Getting closer. But anyways, uh, at this time, we'll take uh, this history brief with Charles Gideon, brought to you by Ares Games and Miniatures.
3: On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, a duel leads to a dagger in the dark and the end of the warship era. Hello Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech Timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we will begin by going to the portion of the Second Succession War between the Draconis Combine and the Lyran Commonwealth. We will begin in 2840 where, as part of the Combine's offensive against the Commonwealth, they attacked multiple planets. Among the target worlds was New Caledonia garrison posting of the elite 4th Royal Guard of the LCAF. Fighting between the 4th Royal Guard and its allies against the 4th Sword of Light and its supporting DCMS regiments began in a standard manner, but as the battle slowly turned against the defenders, it became clearer that the invaders had intelligence that would only be possible if they had a spy among the ranks. With the tide of war shifting against them, the Lyons resorted to a guerrilla war. Which stretched on for years. Finally, the defenders were tracked down and captured. Hugai Kurita, scion of the Coordinator and commander of the DCMS forces, offered the Lion Commander, Colonel Tiber Hinders, the opportunity to face the spy in mech combat. It would provide some blood sport for the victorious DCMS troops and give Henders the chance to have vindication. After a long physical brawl, Colonel Henders defeated the supposed traitor and opened the cockpit to find the body of his own brother, Major Michael Hinders. Hugai allowed just enough time for the horror to strike the colonel, before executing him. The entire duel was recorded and sent to the Archon of the Lyran Commonwealth to add some salt to the wound of losing the planet. The Archon's reaction was Operation Praying Mantis, a bold cloak-and-dagger mission targeting Hugai and his father, Yoguchi Karita, coordinator of the Draconis Combine. At the heart of the operation was a deep-cover agent known as Snowfire. The Lyron Intelligence Corps agent, whose real name may have been Denise Vanderham, was an intelligence officer who, while undercover, had attracted the eye of the coordinator. The Coordinator made her one of his concubines, and she spent years gathering information in the Imperial Palace and rising through the ranks of the Coordinator's servants. In an interesting wrinkle, it may have been a free world's safe agent who ultimately gave her the order to assassinate the Coordinator, a possible ploy to increase hostilities between the Combine and the Commonwealth and away from the League. If true, it would have been a safe masterstroke though information on this is unreliable at best. Ultimately, the coordinator returned to Luthien from the beleaguered Federated Sons' front on the 12th of December, 2850, and sought the comforts of his favorite concubine. That night, Snowfire slit his throat and then poisoned herself. The handmade 4th Royal Guard patch laid carefully on the coordinator's dead body was a clear symbol of the lion's vengeance, and Snowfire's Vendetta. It is believed her lover had been part of the ill-fated unit. Regicide can lead to only a few outcomes, and the Combine chose to demonstrate its strength by lashing out at the lyrans Their massive assault on Hesperus II was intended to take the vital planet from the enemy they now found themselves in a blood feud with. In an offensive so large it became known as the 6th, 7th, and 8th Battles of Hesperus II, the Combine began well, and all things pointed to victory. That is, until the Lyran's Thark had class warship, the LCS Invincible, appeared. The last great warship known in the inner sphere threw itself at the Combine Navy, swatting aside the smaller DCMS craft as it burned towards Hesperus II where it ended the Combine ground assault through orbital bombardment, the last documented instance of this tactic until the Clan invasion. Having averted the Combine offensive, the Invincible went to return home to the Lyran capital, but it disappeared in a misjump and would not be seen again for over two centuries. But that is the topic for a different brief. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed.
2: And hey, that was another great uh, history brief with Charles Gideon Dirks, brought to you by Orange Games and Miniatures. Uh, heading back, well, let's start talking about some of the things we missed with news and community. Uh, Aaron, do you want to spill the beans on what we hit for a level? Oh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> we
6: hit a thousand members. Uh, with the with a lot of help from uh, Derek King at Aries Games and Miniatures, um, <laughs> we were. Uh, I, I think you've all seen the the post on Wolfnet. Uh, Derek uh, surprised all of us with um, an amazing poster that depicts the uh, Battle of Terra and the Wolf's Jagoons, uh, kind of in all three phases of the of the deal. Um, it was a combined effort with uh, Matthew Plogg, uh, Blaine, Ray, uh, a whole host of other people, but uh, John Helfer is in there as well. Um, but yeah, Derek King uh, from Aries Games and Miniatures, It's the, the it picture was- on the Facebook page doesn't, doesn't do it justice. You got to see it. He got us a 24 by 36 poster of it. It is fantastic. It is amazing. Um, the art, I actually, everything I actually showed on. it on.
1: I showed it off to my in laws today, and they were blown aback by just the sheer amount of stuff that's going on and the level of detail that, that's in it. It's <laughs> spectacular.
6: So, anyway, but he wanted us to all open it together, uh, and see our reactions on Discord, and um. <clears throat> while we were talking to him we were getting like awfully close like it was 996 or 997 i was like oh this is gonna be great and then i refreshed and all of a sudden it was like 1052 or something like that or maybe not that but it was i was like oh my goodness and and um so a lot of new people joined within you know five minutes
1: I think I think period, Derek so. sent an in, a bunch of invites to a bunch of folks mm-hmm. <laughs> when he realized that we needed we were going to release it at a thousand, and I think he sent off fifteen invites, and over half of them came. So,
6: <laughs> yeah, so we didn't really even get a chance to tease it. Uh, it was just, but we were going to tease it anyway because we already had that set in motion. But uh, anyway, yay! We hit a thousand members on our Facebook page. Um, huge milestone. Uh, that's just. Crazy, awesome. Um, a thousand people that are all in the similar mindset of love battletech, love gaming, have a good attitude. Uh, our our don't be a dick policy has uh, has been we never never really even had a problem. I think we've had minor incidents, but no big thing. Um, like I said, we're a pretty easygoing group of people that just all love battletech. so um, huge thank thanks to everyone um <laughs> i i i it went so fast i couldn't even uh figure out who was the thousandth member so i was i was gonna give a big shout out but uh it just flipped like that and i couldn't tell maybe if i go back someday uh into the records or something like that but uh, i don't know if facebook does that but i can maybe do simple math <laughs> and figure it out
2: I mean, the, um, the dimensions of this image are just huge. It's 4,800 by 7,200 for pixels for width and height.
6: It It's
5: massive. We were all blown
6: away. It was just nobody nobody saw this coming at all. It was a 100% huge surprise. Um, I was opening I up
2: my package and trying to, to listen as well and find out what the heck it was because I kept shaking it. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't, do, don't do that. Don't do that. It's like, why not? What's in it? So, and I saw it and I heard the names rolled off and I'm just like, it just made me pause, catch my breath. Like, wow, what a, what a privilege and an honor to be, you know, a and, part of some illustrations that are from some really cool people, especially with like, you know, the background of, of the, the book writing, the story Yep. the the visual representation the you know the the design layout of of the piece i mean hands off the matt matt plogg for putting something together. it's That's it's a great man. it's a great depiction
6: of uh you know the mantle of the general of wolf's dragoons just being passed from top down um you know it goes from Baker to andrew briefly and then it finally settles on you know myself uh, standing on my back. I mean, a little foreshadowing, I guess, in the books. But uh,
1: God, you're so full of shit. I
6: don't, I don't want to give it all away, I guess. But No. But
1: I was, the... I was i was—I surprised at when we posted the full picture. Um, Derek went into all of the folks that were involved in making that happen. And i I swear he said that while we were opening it mm-hmm. but i totally missed all of it because i think after we opened it all he saw was the back of my head because i rolled it out on the on the chair behind me and just kind of tried to take it all in it's yeah. the level of, again the amount of stuff sheer stuff that's in it and the detail is
6: for those remarkable. of you who are wondering yes that is a zoomer that uh, is depicted in there Or at least that's what we were told. That was a Zoomer. But uh, I think the big takeaway was this would be an amazing cover art for, you know, a 350 book. Um, It it just depicts everything we're trying to do in the Alpha Strike 350 rules. Implementation of battle armor and infantry and vehicles and mechs and all this other stuff. Um, It's got it all there. So hopefully one of these days... uh, uh, a finished product will be there, and and that damage will Ooh, be we can,
2: the. Then we can see it in color.
6: Yeah, well, like I said, we know we know what it would take to get it in color, so we'll have to maybe save our pennies to do. We're gonna need a lot.
2: We're gonna need a lot of, of patrons to get
1: that. <laughs> we'll done. need.
6: To, we'll have to do some some saving or something like that. But
2: uh, <laughs> we'll use up them thirty pieces of silver. Once,
6: yeah, we'll use the thirty. <laughs> se- but hopefully, one day, yeah, we'll uh, we'll a be able to uh, silver. Get that uh, get that colorized. So, but even the black and white, I think it's just it's oh. so it's so fantastic.
2: I tried to I tried to go back to my like art and design theory and, and look at all the different motion and movement and focal points. I was like, oh, <laughs> this thing is so awesome. I just love it. It just keeps yep. moving your eye around the piece uh, from top to bottom, left to right, and then back up. It's it's awesome. There's a lot going on. It's a very circular but, design and and there's there's it's just a lovely lovely layout but
6: overall yeah thank you everyone who has been on this ride with us for three years to get to a thousand members on our facebook page that's that still blows my mind um but here's to two thousand i guess <laughs> <laughs> now for what we're supposed to do when we get a thousand i i don't know if we ever uh, settled on a on a thing but yeah um, the uh the, the challenge? The
3: guy, yeah there there were people that came up with different ideas um that was a I lot. mean be, between really? another town hall episode to foot races uh, yeah yeah fun <laughs> races um all sorts of stuff I mean of course I you know i I would still like to see you know Brent you know and crew show up and you know do their uh little battle I with like, us that would be a lot of fun the challenge by the
6: way
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's the challenge is still at the bottom of every show note list is still catalyst <laughs> and the wolf net challenge apparently none of these listened to the last episode Possibly yeah, uh, megamech Mech, Mech, Mech format don't, streamed i do understand
1: that was aaron and brent drunk neither one of them really
2: remember exactly what was said yeah and... but ray kept laughing about it Run into his hotel
3: room. <laughs> well, no, it. but oh, okay. did did you did you miss Andrew? That Brent posted on Facebook that he's looking forward to doing battle.
1: I I did. I have seen that, but we guys got to remember though too. Brent is a pot stir. Never really. I don't know if he finishes
2: his his stew <laughs> that he's doing.
1: He just likes to stir the pot.
2: So, we'll see how things work when it's rotated around. We can we can keep poking him. We'll
6: we'll maybe see yeah, back. maybe we'll just have to keep poking him.
2: <laughs> we still gotta figure out, we still gotta figure out who shimmer is.
3: Yeah, no, him that and was, Blaine never that, spilled those beans. That was oh, probably right.
2: like what yeah.
3: long time ago.
2: Needs more shimmer stuff.
3: Well, anyway. coach, I know you like to always come up with uh sign ideas for Gen Con. Cool. And there you go. You can have like Blaine owes me a battle and you could just, or not Blaine, Brent, 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 Brent owes me a battle
2: Brent and just carry that battle. around with you. Ooh, make it a Brent, uh, battle or a beer and then see how deep the pocket goes. You can you make, make it a horse ride carriage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Right.
6: That was oh, never man. agreed upon. We
2: yeah, haven't it, finished. Not yet yet you get a chariot ride.
6: <clears throat> I never agreed to that.
2: Hey, when you win the blood name,
6: you're i mean i get you should get something
5: but maybe we'll see those things are cheap
2: well speaking of cheap let's start moving into some other things we got some new releases and since things are so affordable these days i am absolutely loving a double two-for-one rec guide for one day yeah oh
1: How not two that? for one but there was two
3: releases in one week <laughs> two in one day
2: yeah two red guys yeah. for one day <laughs> but <laughs> make it work my way so but tw- 23, 23 was
3: pushed 23. off like three weeks so they hit the deadline to release all of them that that, that was good that was good i <laughs> i am sad that they are done now i don't i wonder what they're going to replace them with <laughs> <laughs> because i i know i personally always looked forward to them um every what two can weeks happen next um yeah i i don't know like for a few bucks like i i felt like it was a really a solid product idea for cgl so i hope they find something to replace it um these two rec guides in particular i i kind of felt like eh <laughs> I don't know. I like. I got real pumped on the the last few. They came out with some really cool designs, um, like the uh, well, basically the ghost bear ones. I really dug the ghost bear ones that came out. Um, That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Well, they, they had go- good ones. Was it the rhyme <laughs> otter, the contio, and what was their other one? Uh, the um, mastodon. Like those are some really cool designs.
2: Super good.
3: And I didn't quite get the same feeling from anything in these two rec guides but they're still uh, good i mean you got you got an atlas with with arrow four so there,
2: yeah. there was there was a lot so of fun <laughs> there was a lot of fun omni r- r- retro stuff from uh what was it goliath scorpion stuff pulling out like a uh, crusader and grand grand crusader
3: yeah grand crusader came as an omni did not like, see that coming wow. like, must be
6: pretty uh, rare i know a certain jolly fellow was uh very happy about the elemental three.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. and then they, started, then they started looking at the uh the mathematics on it eh, we'll, see. we'll see you know I, I, I
3: feel like an elemental without an anti-personnel weapon isn't really an elemental that's just my own take <laughs> yeah
4: i feel the uh the rim rider and, and the, some of those uh, ghost bear ones they will look awesome sitting on a fence
6: waiting <laughs>
2: They're, they're, Should sitting we go? Mo- they're sitting in a motor pool waiting to be put out. <laughs> here we go. Nah. Maybe we'll just stay
6: here for a little longer.
2: Eh. Eh, just a little polish. bit.
0: Let's, uh, let's
4: see how this, this one plays out.
2: Polish the <laughs> old armored kneecap for a few more uh, weeks, months, decades.
6: <laughs> have, they, uh, have they officially said they're not going to do any more wreck guides or another... Like uh just revamp them and start over at volume
2: one or I, I really hope that they put this into a uh combined. Yeah, I want a full side. book. Yes. And then they move on to the next book of you know, twenty-five through fifty. <laughs> I, I think
6: it's too good of a of a resource not to keep doing. Right um on. but yeah, I definitely want it as I don't know if you could do it as a single book. That'd be a lot.
3: Well, I mean, oh. if you, if you drop the, uh, record sheets. Yeah, that's true. Um, and well, and honestly, like if you only included stuff that has a full TRO write up, you know, then, then that's only two or three per book. So that would be, you know, I guess that'd still be like 50 some that that's you'd be trying bad, to though. cram into a book, but that's doable. Um, but like I mean, look the, at that. They
2: even, they even redid the ration, uh, Illustration a little bit. That's pretty nice. Now it's the fusion. Hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. Glide Scorpion's got everything.
2: It even shoots out like like uh, heat seeking dick missiles. Heat seeking dick missiles. Yeah, look at that. It's coming I right out of the cockpit. Just said, yep, that's right. Heat seeking dick missiles. I, I think
6: we all heard that correctly.
2: That's right. There's no edit there. Gotcha. But wait, right. look at that Grand Crusader. Hag
3: <laughs> 20s.
6: <laughs> Oof.
3: Still, still chubby still uh, still a portly happy jolly fellow
6: i i think they should keep doing the rec guys i i do think i mean my personal opinion i think they should put all these in a book like you said yeah gideon uh just do the tro write-ups we don't need the record sheets or anything like that but uh i think i think it's too good of a of a product not to keep doing And I, I, I know a lot of people enjoy them so
1: and it's that's also an a easy. great
6: way to get uh, all those Kickstarter uh, uh, bios out. Like it's how many bios have been in the in the recognition guides?
1: It's an easy three bucks a month, a week, or mm-hmm. how often you put it out too. Times, <clears throat> 5, times how many people? Times, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, right? There was twenty-four rec guides that call it three and a half bucks a piece, and that Skinwalker too.
2: Rack that's degree. 60. What's 60 with this plus. Alpha Wolf? This Alpha Wolf's got like everything. Rack 5s, LRM 15s, PPC Streak 6s. It's crazy. I, yeah, I, Andrew, that I, I,
3: I agree with you, Andrew. I think like if you can keep putting the product out, I, I, I think it's more just a matter of filling it in, right? Because there was so much, uh, I don't know, like pent up product. Of how do we bring all this stuff into the you know into the ill clan era? But now what do you do? I mean, there's still tons of mechs. I guess you can keep adding. But I kind of like the idea, and you know, I think of uh, jury when I say this. But it's okay to let some designs die. <laughs> you know, but well, I don't some know. are
2: extinct. I right, think um, pretty sweet. They have we
4: um, got time. The... The uh like before we when we've asked Blaine and we've asked Brent and we they they say that the books are gonna drive the, the 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 um the fiction and whatnot and and the technology. Maybe they wait after a couple more books of
5: um the new era before they start pumping out oh. the
4: uh wreck guide skin. That could be.
6: Frank, what's uh, your take on Recognition Guides? Have you been picking them up, or have you seen them, any of them? Or
7: I'm aware of their existence, but uh, my uh, awareness of the different eras hasn't yet crawled into clan. Uh, I own the clan book, and I've yet to start reading it. That was a, kind of a Christmas thing, so we're getting oh. there, but I'm, I'm not up to uh, needing to consume the Rec Guides
2: just yet amazing they put four pages on the atlas the big mac it's an icon <laughs> definitely an icon
3: Well, we, uh, you have frank you have about two and a half weeks from today to get Ilclan clan read because then tomorrow rising will drop and that you'll great want book. you <laughs> will want great that book we're looking at the
2: 19th of january maybe
5: Sounds like it.
1: (laughs) We're all at Gen Con. Do we tell that story again about how we bought, what, a sixth of the product at Gen Con? No,
6: I (laughs) I think think everybody knows that uh, whoever was at Gen Con did not just buy one copy. (laughs) And I I bought a lot, so sorry. But uh, yeah, January 19th, Tomorrow Rising, it's an excellent book, definitely get it. It's uh, fantastic
2: and uh boy you're just getting popular as ever like charles gideon uh shrapnel number seven
3: yeah i made it again
6: published author charles gideon
3: (laughs) yeah not uh i'm i'm sticking to it um i thought maybe if i got another story published i'd feel like more like oh yeah i i belong here nope it's still the same so maybe in another story or two (laughs) i feel like i belong (laughs) but uh Start going. Got,
6: they're going to give you a full uh, novella.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, um, but if they keep publishing me, I'll keep writing. So, um, yeah, on onward and upward to the next one. But very happy that uh, Phil uh, deemed my my submission worthy. So, um, I, and I'm very happily surprised. I even got a little. I got a piece of art, a, a oh. much coveted shrapnel art. Um. That yeah, inspired by my story, so uh, that was pretty mind blowing. That my story, the you know, c- kind of like we were talking about with the poster, like how it like represented and is like yeah, I, my words turned into that little illustration on I don't even know what page it, it is. I I only have the. The kindle so i have no idea what <laughs> like a page number or whatever but there there is a there is a full page image depicting what's happening in the story so like m- just blew my mind so uh yeah yeah very very happy very excited totally pumped got got uh more to send and hopefully it'll be as uh well received i a lot of people have sent me words of encouragement you know like do better <laughs> get good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, a lot of people, uh, have been, uh, yeah, sending me encouraging, uh, notes and stuff like that. And I really appreciate that. So I, I appreciate everybody who reads it and, uh, uh, gives me, uh, drops a line, whether it was, you know, whether you liked it or not, just letting me know that you read it and what your thoughts were. I, I appreciate it. So thanks everybody for that. Um,
6: uh, yeah, there's, uh, was there any new uh, authors that you can tell were in this one?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know them off the top of my head. I know
6: I know g's in there, um, but Ooh. I think he's... g has got a story in there, but he's been published before, hasn't he?
3: Uh, yeah, he did yeah. a story on plasma weapons in six or five.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was a professor talking about that. That's right. But... Um,
6: I I like again. I can't recognize any new people on here, but I know there there were a couple of new authors. But uh, maybe I'll do my do a better job uh, for the next podcast and and shout those people out because uh, new artists uh, or new uh, new writers always looking forward to new writers. So um, yeah, that's gonna be great. So shrapnel number seven. Go grab that. Lots of and, lots uh... of new stuff.
2: What else? They're trying to, you know, get some stuff out of the uh, the old shit and the, the warehouse. So it looks <laughs> like the, uh, the Catalyst uh, Game Lab store you can get a, a free salvage box. You get at least a twenty-dollar order. So add another salvage box to your order to get that free.
6: And it does sound like uh, stock is coming back in. Um, I know. We're seeing all the time that Catalyst has got, you know, this back in stock or that back in stock. Um, uh, it's slowly but surely, but it looks like a lot of the Kickstarter stuff is getting uh, warehoused and getting and the stock is going back up. So that's, that's a good sign.
2: Yeah, it's, you, you really want to fill those shelves because um, all we keep hearing is, hey, where do I find this stuff? Where do I find this stuff? Okay, go here, go there. Look at the place. And You can you know, always go to
3: ariesgamesinvities.com. That's true.
6: I was uh, very pleasantly uh, surprised to see a uh, game of armor combat and the Wolf Dragoons Assault Star in my local Barnes & Noble. That, that was pretty
2: cool. Did you get a bunch of them?
6: I didn't because I asked my sister for that for Christmas, and I was like, well, I'm still probably going to get one. <laughs> So I have two of them now because she got me that for Christmas. So, Because they originally weren't in stock in Sioux City when I had to make up my Christmas list. So I looked at her zip code and I was like, yep, you've got seven in stock at your local. So run over there and go grab one for my Christmas present. She did. And um, but then I still had to buy one. So I have two of them now. And man, is that Annihilator big? Holy cows, Huge. He is going to be fun to paint. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, we keep saying all all the time, um, it's just getting better and better um, to be a Battletech fan these days. So,
2: Well, what's next?
6: I think that's it. Um,
2: well, let's move on to shout-outs. Uh, Frank, you getting any shout-outs?
7: Oh, goodness. Um, I think I've done a fair job of uh, kind of throwing them out as we went along there. Uh, everybody I played against at, uh, at the tournament, I uh, had a great time. Thanks to, again, to all of you who uh, put that on. Uh, I had a great time. Ian had a fantastic time. Uh, couldn't stop babbling about it on the, on the way home in the car. Uh, <laughs> just super excited to go do that again. So uh, thanks to all involved there. And uh, thanks for having me on tonight.
2: Thank you for Absolutely. taking the time with us.
6: Yeah, and again, congratulations on winning the go-go. Make sure you display the microphone in a well-visible
0: area. (laughs)
6: Prominent
1: (laughs) position in the household. (laughs) All right, Andrew, shout-outs. I've got to give a shout-out to Alex and Mary Campin. A couple of days ago, they gave birth to little son Arthur. And I'd like to say congratulations to them. Um, I would also like to give another huge shout out and a big thank you to Derek King um, for being our sponsor. Um, He was the first one out of the gate. He reached out to us. It's been a fantastic relationship. And he continues to go above and beyond to uh, let us know that we are special to him and that we have a good symbiotic relationship if you will so um thank you derek for the poster thank you for your continued support um i look forward to continuing this relationship
2: aaron shout out
5: um i want to shout out to um uh, whitworth gold eden uh white fox um,
6: missing a couple here. Give me a second. Uh, Eden, uh, uh, Dutch, I gotta give a shout out. Eagle, Mackie, all the guys that are in the, we are, uh, kind of getting ready to get back into the, uh, the Wolfnet campaigns, uh, on, uh, the Discord and Megamech. And, uh, a lot of good ideas are flowing out of this. Again, um, we're kind of, I'm kind of taking a back seat, uh, and we're well, not a back seat, but we're gonna we're gonna gather together a lot of the guys that run individual campaigns for the group already, and we're gonna have sort of like a, a on a on off schedule, uh, either quarterly or you know bi monthly, where somebody uh, has an idea for a campaign that uh, that can be run by the regiment, and then gives. Uh, the other couple of whoever else is going to be a Game Master. Kind of a, a couple of months off to come up with new, fresh ideas. And we're going to kind of do that. We're coming up with a lot of good ideas for uh, the campaign in the the Wolfnet Regiment uh, Discord and Mega Mech uh, side of the whole thing. So uh, big shout out to those guys for, uh, one, being patient with me. Two, for uh, continuing on doing the, the Mega Mech stuff with uh, the Wolfnet Regiment. Um, so hopefully come the beginning of the new year we'll be able to roll out some new stuff and, and uh get back to playing Mega Mech like we used to. Or, or at least for me, I I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh playing somebody else's campaign and, and going through that whole thing. It'll be a lot of fun. So uh big shout out to those guys for helping
2: me through all that. So Tommy, shout outs.
4: Um yeah, if if most of you guys know I I I've been offline for most of the uh going on probably a month now easy uh just getting back from a a tough uh work schedule uh probably going to continue on with a tough work schedule but um so i'm just kind of getting back into things so a big shout out uh, of course like everybody else said big shout out to Derek king uh that was i'd say turkina but I really, honestly, didn't have any words to say about it. All I did was put it on my wall and stared stared at it while he was talking. Um, there, um, you know, it, shout out to the fans. I mean, geez, thousand people on Facebook. That's just more people, more people reaching out, playing BattleTech, talking about lore stuff that I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um. Um. There's some stuff I I like to. I, I'm talking with Matt a few about a few things about uh that I want to talk, just talk about like. Uh, there's some maybe next episode we'll I'll talk about the iota, paint scheme on camel specs, but, uh, just stuff like that. Uh, everybody. And you know, Merry Christmas. Hope everybody had a good holiday and a good a good new year. I mean twenty twenty two is coming up. Everybody we're still doing with this crap that we're going on, I'm not gonna even mention the word what we're doing with the illnesses and stuff going on. So hope everybody's doing well and um shout out to you guys because all we do is talk about Battletech, the game we love you guys listen to us blabber on like i'm doing right now
2: charles gideon
5: m.i.a next
2: yeah i think also oh we'll see if he can throw something in there with his uh history briefs uh myself i got a nice message uh from metal ed huge thank you to mr E.G. for metal ed for hooking a metal Ed with some custom WNP bases and some tanks for his Alpha Strike campaigns and a hard to get local force pack. And then the guy throws in some of his favorite paints, brushes, some containers, and car for train. And he prints me my regimental ride. Ishii is an example of what makes the battle deck awesome. And she made Eden up, did Clint. We can surely witness Roy Ishii as a SNP guider. Shout out to him. So excellent community and communication and rewards uh, for doing good things. Uh, also, plenty of new people in WNRP, uh, people wanting to start with Wisconsin. So that event, like you talked about earlier tonight, <clears throat> if you're new to um battle Tech and nrp we do have the discord channel and you can contact us at wnrp at wmrp.com if you have any comments concerns we are on youtube patreon facebook we also have the Queensboro uh Wolfnet radio store where you can buy our our logoed apparel
1: that's um, sweet, sweet like Wolfnet to... swag I'd I'd like to take just a minute and and talk about some of the known upcoming events that we have. Um, The 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 one that's on the calendar that we're busting ass for right now is uh, heat heat level critical in Tampa Bay, Florida, um, February 26th. Um, Matt, I, and Aaron will be (laughs) – on the ground for 36 hours to uh, run an event that that's shaping up to be one of the biggest ones we will have done. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, We come home and and I think the next weekend, I will be in Wasu, Wisconsin for Evercon, uh, working with uh, Ron Plogger and, oh shit, what was the other cat's name? Matt, what was it, what was the other guy's name? You were talking with him as well. Checking. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we we know we got some tables secured for that event, and uh, I will be out there that weekend to uh, get a, a WNRP three hundred and fifty tournament run there. Um, <clears throat> that is uh, March fourth, fourth, fifth, and sixth, I believe. And then we get into the end of March. We will be at Adepticon. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't get in time to do a a full tournament, but we will be there. We'll be carrying around um, uh, boards to just throw on uh, free tables and ready to play whoever we can find. Um,
2: That secondary person is Sean Gallagher and Ron Plugger.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Those two guys, I I need to get into. We're trying to get a phone conversation set up so we can talk our way through that. But um, they've got tables secured, which is the biggest thing. I got everything else, so we should be good to go there. Um, We get into Adepticon end of March. uh, Then we start looking at um, Rumble on the River. Um, We have Charles. This is this will be something for you. Um, the four of us have been talking about trying to come out to Colorado and uh, run a 350 event in your hometown. Uh, so if we can try and get that done before Gen Con, that would be super. Uh, then we're two. Gen Con. Oh, I forgot. We got Origins in there as well, June 4th <laughs> through the 8th. Um, I don't You're know like if we're going to get there. I don't know if we're gonna get there or not because Aaron and I go fishing a week and a half after that, and that's a lot of road time for for me already to to get to all the places. But um, we'll see we'll see how, whether the the gods shine, shine shine down on us so that we can get there. Um, so we've again we've got a big a big year with a, a lot of tournaments shaping up, and that doesn't include the the one off tournaments that will run here in Minneapolis when Chris Hesby has a free weekend and he goes, you know he always texts me through Facebook. He's like, I'm gonna be available in a month and a half. Can we run a tournament? And that's usually how those pop up. So um let me know. I mean if we can get if we got eight, eight, ten, six people that wanna do a tournament on a, on a Saturday. Let me know if I got free time. I got all the terrain and everything. All I just got to do is show up and we can play. So uh, hit me up on uh, Facebook or email me at, at wnrpofolstergoons.com. We all have access to that. Um, always willing to bring people together to roll some dice. So that is kind of the rundown as I know it right now. Subject to change.
2: And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you'd have a great season's greetings. Uh, Charles, Charles 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 is back. Time out, edit. Hey, Charles, shout out. Charles, would you like to give your shout outs? Uh,
3: Yeah. Um, So uh, shout out for me, uh, Josh, John, Damien, and Brian. I'm pretty sure that's everybody I played um, at uh, Battle for the Sphere. Um, If I... I, ha- I wrote everybody's name down because I'm horrible with names. And then I lost the paper that I wrote everybody's name down on. So <laughs> if I screwed up your name, I apologize. Um, but uh, Brian is, uh, uh, he has a really cool, my shout outs are longer than normal. Sorry. Um, but Brian has this really cool like tradition of, uh, he came ac- he came into a lot of old minis um, so he, he brings them along with him to events and stuff like that and hands them out to people that he's never, you know, that are like new to the game or that he's never played with that sort of thing. So that was a really cool tradition to, uh, you know, be part of and witness, um, David, Mike and Alex for putting on battle for the sphere, uh, great guys, uh, who like collected a group of uh, of great guys and everybody, uh, had a great time. Um, and last one is, uh, Kincaid for, uh, going along with me. Uh, I kind of drug him along. Um, he's only ever played alpha strike once. Um, so he was not planning on playing, but I, I like the night before I threw together just an odd list of the Avanti's angels mix that I have painted. Um, and brought those along just in case because I, I assumed he may you know he might like play a side game with somebody a pickup game um but there was an odd number of people and you know they said hey you want to play and he said well i just wanted to watch really i don't have any experience and they said and, and then he had to go and say i mean if there's an odd number something i guess i could play and they're like well that's exactly what's going on we have an odd number so congr- <laughs> thank you for volunteering." Um, but he had a great time. He uh, successfully killed two mechs with Death From Above's with uh, yes. an, o- an scout um, Nice. Yeah. Go yeah, went, go,
2: Go Nike Yeah, it went, go. And
3: it was like literally like proper DFA. You know, he, he had taken a critical hit to his weapon and Scouts only do one damage. So you you take a weapon hit, you now do no damage. And next turn, he went and DFA'd something to death. So <laughs> like that's pretty amazing um but yeah he had a great time um he uh he actually won the uh, sport sportman sportsmanship award for the inner sphere um yeah so that was very cool um he beat me he came in ninth i came in tenth (laughs) um so, so again, I mean, because there's a lot of skill two and three on there, uh, on that list, so there's something to be said about that. Uh, because all my stuff was skill four and threw lots of dice, and that didn't work, so um, th- there might be something in there about that, but anyway, uh, so yeah, thank you, Kincaid. Um, and uh, I think that's all my shout outs now,
2: Roger that. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you had a great Christmas. um, Holiday greetings and uh a hope happy you have a new pleasant, year a pleasant
5: new year. Get out of here, Craig. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Uncle Craig for for a minute.